Hello and welcome to the Scottish Liberty Podcast, episode 13. Yeah. Da, da, da. That was my co-host, Tom Laird. It was, right? It lost a look, anyway. I'm Anthony Samroff, and we have with us today a special guest, Kaz Paul, who is in the Scottish Libertarian Party with us. Hi, Kaz. How are you? Hi, how are you? So, today we're going to talk about an issue very much neglected by libertarians sometimes, I think, okay. which is the environment. Kaz, you used to be a green before you became a libertarian. I was. I was a green. I was, a, I was an environmentalist, humanitarian, you know, all, well far left at one point, yeah. And now you're just a humanitarian. And now are, I'm just a humanitarian. Are you still an environmentalist? Uh, I am, in, in so much that I care about the environment and I care about, you know, uh, having a mutually exclusive sort of beneficial um, relationship with the environment that we that we have, you know. Um, but I'm now... I'm, and now less of the sort of misanthropic approach to the to to, like to water. humans are the problem. Yeah, humans are the problem with the earth, which is which is seems seems to be quite a, a common a common one on the left. You know, it's they have a they have an approach towards you know, human beings as if they're unnatural creatures. They, yeah. yeah, they they love na- they love nature to the point where you to the point where you know it's like well, isn't you know human beings and our we natural part pro- we're a part of nature yeah. too, as is our impact on the world. Yeah. Right. So I myself voted for the Green Party. I think maybe. 10 years ago or something like that um, so it's so all your fault it's <laughs> totally right, okay. yeah, uh, I've been looking for somebody to blame for some time <laughs> and here he is right next to me <laughs> within and, striking distance that's <laughs> pretty good and uh, I consider myself an environmentalist I was a staunch environmentalist um, I, when I was at university I wrote all my notes on the back of paper that I recovered from the library yeah. that people had just printed on one side and decided they didn't need and um, I went on tree planting retreats a couple of times so it was fun yeah <laughs> it was great fun mm-hmm. and I learned a lot as well and it was a really edifying experience but even back then I was I was well on my way to becoming a staunch libertarian so why don't you tell us about your journey from green and red to yellow and black. Okay. Well, I've got a confession to make. Um, I think we should. I think we should. We we should uh, put our cards on the table and say that this is actually the first time that Anthony and I have met person to person. Um, you know, which is uh, which is great because you were the first one of the first instances I've ever heard of the Scottish Libertarian Party, right. and it was one of the one of the stepping stones, if you like, to actually becoming so not not just a, not just a libertarian, but but involved in the Libertarian Party as right. well. Um, and it was the article you wrote. It was the Road to Hell's Papers, Good Intentions. Wow! And thank you. it was the minimum wage uh, about the li- the living wage uh, and the government mandated living wage. And and this was this was at a point where I was actually one of the one of the supporters of living wages. Like I shop at Lidl because they pay the living wage, um, and then I read that article and I was like, right, <laughs> right. I've never heard these arguments before. C- can um, I just say that I did come up with the title for that article? Oh, that's there we go. The, conf- <laughs> the cards, let's like say, confessions. Well, yeah, that's, that's the title. One doesn't like to blow one's own trumpet. Yeah, maybe that's the title for the episode, confessions. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was that was one of the, one of the, those articles I read, and I was like, oh, holy crap! And uh, I, and I shared it. Uh, within my sea of kind of statism that I kind of I kind of existed in it as a as an offshoot of the independence referendum, which we'll get to in a bit, but um, yeah, I, I and I shared it 
and uh, people didn't like it. <laughs> they, they didn't like it at all. Um, and I really, really did. Um, so that was the kind of first thing that made me, one of the first things, um, if you like, that kind of made me go, um, you know, is this the is this the psychological place where I belong in the, sp- in the political spectrum? Right. right? Um, and uh, it was that in combination with another, another article I read on Breitbart, which was about cultural libertarians. And that was the first time I'd really ever heard the word libertarian used in a... How long ago it. are we talking? Um, this was about... Uh, I think we're probably pushing about a year and a half now. Oh, wow. Relatively um, recent, yeah. yeah. Relatively recent. Because um, it was about... Um, I, I'd, I before the independence referendum, I was I was never really into politics at all. To me, politics okay. was, you know, a complete alien uh, mm. creature to me. You know, these yeah. were a bunch of unelected, uh, a bunch of elected representatives. Yeah. They didn't represent me. They didn't look anything like me. They didn't yeah. speak my language. You know, I, I just wasn't really bothered. Um, and then once the independence referendum came along, I felt like right, okay, I felt like my vote had weight. Yeah. Um, and I was like, right, I need to throw this weight somewhere really important. Um, mm. And I started just sitting down and listening to all the arguments and. I think I've always had an anti-authoritarian kind of yeah. liberty streak in me somewhere. Okay. I've never been, I've never been one that's that's um, kind of uh, when presented with two two sides, I'll yeah. generally pick the one that has the most freedom in it. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was even before new, knowing what libertarianism ever was. Okay. So I didn't like the idea of 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 England running our affairs, and that was right. what sparked the conversation with all the left wing politicians that. They were the ones that taught me what the left-right spectrum was. They mm. were the ones that that kind of introduced me to the world of politics. So naturally, I had a very green-tinted lens, right. um, and that's uh, and 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 that's how I started to look at the opposition as well. You know, okay. it's almost that like you get you know, it's like they painted the left in such a way that if you disagreed with it, you were a monster. Mm. So it's like this is the this is the compassionate side of the political spectrum. This is yeah. the side of the political spectrum you belong to if you don't believe in the death penalty or if you don't believe in you know uh, if you if you believe in pro- pro-choice and mm-hmm. you know all these kinds of things. It was like yeah, this all sounds quite 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 good. Yeah. Um, and then you know the arguments of the right were painted, you know, or even just the proponents of the right were painted as demons. Even, yeah. Even associating with them, you know, you 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 were um you were a you were a turncoat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it wasn't until kind of the independence referendum went away and all that comment that commonality kind of disappeared that I started finding myself disagreeing with um you know my leftist friends on certain certain issues yeah. and those certain issues um, and they were like oh that's a very right wing argument i was like is it is it a right wing argument so then i went and looked and then ever since i've been looking uh, my 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 lance has been tilting in the direction of windmills more and more uh, as uh, as as i've been as i've been just enlightening myself rather than relying on 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 other people to kind of um, yeah. explain positions to me. I'll go and I'll try and make up my own mind. And, okay. and the, the Scottish Libertarian Party and libertarians in general seem to be the real ones that would be able to tolerate and respect that. And be, and 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 that's and that's essentially what it's all about, isn't it? Okay. It's about you know um, yeah. finding finding your own your own way and what makes you happy. So I mean, leaving your lance aside for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what you mean? You were you were in the Green Party at one time. I was. Uh, was there a kind of Damascine moment, or was there a, was there any particular time you just thought, look, that this is not really what it was cracked up to be. This is not what I thought it was, and maybe caused you to start looking at other uh, other philosophies, or was it a gradual thing? 
Um, I think it was more gradual, um, but there are certainly at least one or a couple of examples I can give you in what kind of sparked that sort of direction. Um, first of all was the No More Page 3 thing that the Green Party, it was a little stunt that the Green Party down south were doing, she wore the okay. No More Page 3 kind of thing. And, right, um, and women's breasts affected the environment in what way? Uh, well, exactly, <laughs> you know, it was, it, was a, it was a really kind of funny stunt. You know, okay. and you know, I'd always, I'd always been cunning stunt. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this, this is one of the reasons why I was like, I, I joined, I joined uh, the, the green, the, the the green party, but mainly because well, one of the main reasons was because they were an, an alternative voice to the SNP that was supporting right. independence, which yeah. was a good thing to me because I didn't really agree with the SNP. I never have, I've never been an SNP supporter at all, right. okay. um, uh, though I have supported occasional policies. But the, uh, it was the no more page three thing that made me go right, okay, um, there's an authoritarian streak here. What mm. has this got to do with, um, you know, the, uh, planet, the, the, the planet? It seemed to be that the ideological purpose, even just very recently, even even since I joined, yeah. um, has has shifted to a very leftist, extreme leftist, yeah. leftist kind of ideal. Yeah, nowadays, Green Party members, they're they're they're, they're, they're there's an awful lot of really kind of extreme third wave feminism yeah. that, that runs through it. There's yeah. an awful lot of um, extreme kind of Communism, socialism, that yeah. kind of thing that, that that runs through it. It's you know, it's the and, and the economic side of things. It's yeah. you know, so that that was one thing, and the other thing as well, which which was a statement that came from Patrick Harvey that I originally thought was amazing because right. I was on his side at that time, okay. and I was like, he said uh, we were talking about the EU. And he says, uh, we're talking about an EU referendum, and this was a while ago. This was before even the, the idea of having an EU referendum was really even on the cards. And he said, um, I, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but he says, I don't think cancelling our membership to the civilised world is the way forward, is the way to go. Right, okay. And I was like, that was amazing. Well done, Patrick Harvey. Yeah. You completely slew him. You yeah. really put him in his place and made him look like a right twat. Yeah. And I was like, that's fantastic. Yeah. And then I realised, well, wait a minute, What's what makes the EU... Yeah, this, this great protector yeah. of the environment, the yeah. EU, yeah. How is this exclusive to the EU? And then I started looking up the kind of things that the EU did, and I was right. just like, we are supporting this. This is what we're supporting. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was... that. Well, I suppose if you believe that government is the solution, then obviously the bigger the government, the, the bigger, bigger the, the solution. solution. Yeah, that, but that's why, kind do, of why do they want independence for Scotland then if they think the bigger the government, the bigger solution? Well, they think they support independence. They don't, they like, just like the SNP, they don't really believe in independence or any reasonable dictionary definition of independence. What they want is to get rid of the voice of dissent, get rid of the Tories, you know, let's get rid of the fucking Tories and then we'll be able to spunk away public money to our heart's content without anybody saying, eh, hang on a minute, gang, why are we spending this? What are we doing? You know, it's really about that. It, um, so by changing the... By moving the centre ground way over to the left, by getting the Tories out of the picture, then you just have a discourse, which you often find amongst leftists, which is just how far to the left are we or what is the correct left-wing yeah. policy on this issue or that issue... The left bit is um, presumed, and on that point it's worthy of mentioning that right up to the beginning of the 90s at least, the Greens did not identify themselves as a left-wing party, they branded themselves as a sort of third-wing party that had problems 
with capitalism, mm. but also with socialism, at least the socialist models that the world had seen. Yeah. And they wanted to say, you know, the, the socialist models are too focused on labor and work for all and things like that. We think that there's more to life than that. And, mm-hmm. and we're not really, we're not really a, um, we don't fit all of those parties they used to say are gray parties. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so it's not left versus right; it's green versus grey. Right, yeah. I, I mean, would I be right in saying though? I mean, just to to make this clear, I mean, we pulled up before for saying like you know that the the, the goalposts have changed and the old definitions of left and right don't exist anymore, and then we continue to talk about left and right and yeah. the polarity. Oh, it's the world It's just it's just it's a way. You know, it's a, it's a shortcut. You know, people know what yeah. we mean when we say leftist, and we they kind of generally think they know what we mean when we say it on the right, but. I think what happened, and correct me if I'm wrong, you, you two guys would probably know better than me, what happened with the Greens, I think, is what exactly what happened to the SNP uh, when socialism became it became abundantly clear that it was a, a failed system. All these kind of angry people for the left, with nowhere else to go, suddenly saw the Green Party as yeah. a vehicle. Uh, and, and some of them saw the SNP as a vehicle and then dragged those those two parties way over to the, to the yeah, left as we, right. as we understand it. And there's so far to the left, and as you say, it's sort of built on a premise of a failed system. And it's so far to the left, uh, and the, the, I think it's what's become apparent, especially you know with us being involved in the in the recent election. Is yeah. the left is so utterly fractured? Yeah, like you've got you, you know we've got. F- Four, five different socialist parties. We've yeah. got respect. We've got rise. We've got uh, or respect and rise are the same one. I think we've got solidarity. Yeah. We've got yeah. greens. We've got now yeah, Labour have taken yeah. a massive career. We've got, we've got the conservatives. We've got the See, that's funny. And SWP. Yeah, yeah, And it's people's problems. Yeah, of course. And this is the thing. It's but when your hammer, all your problems look like nails. And you know, on the left, when you're so far left, everything to the right of you is right wing, isn't it? So, and now that that pendulum swung so far to that way I think you know I, I think maybe myself and maybe some other young people as well because I'm seeing this within within quite a lot of young people nowadays they're just sick of the shit yeah. and, and the pendulum is swinging back again uh, back towards the right some of the some of the responses that we've had to that are not so good such yeah. as the alt-right and yeah. you know and some of these guys that just want to go out and be as brutal as possible just mm. to make a point that this is free speech like it or be just just go away yeah. kind of thing and it's just you know and 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 I think that's a re- this is why we're seeing Trump, you know, yeah. doing yeah. doing so well, um, you know, who's who, you know, and that that's that's just the kind of ge- general state yeah. of the environment as a result of like you say, people sort of, you know finding yeah. no place on the left, yeah, you know, because the Labour Party abandoned the left, yeah, you know, to to, to go more centrist when Blair came along, it was like you know, uh, yeah, the third way, yeah, yeah. Now now it's like they're they're all competing for this space in the left, and you know it's they're, they're so blinded, so they just want to get rid of the Tories. The Tories yeah. are so right wing, and the Tories are so awful that they're forgetting that. Well, since the Tories are now surging to the centre, yeah. there's a there's a there's a there's a right wing, a far right wing space yeah. to be filled, which is now being filled by the likes of UK. Yeah. So it's it's a paradigm shift. So it's like when you're talking about the left right spectrum and it's it's difficult to to, yeah. to to sort of the definitions have changed, the goalposts have changed. You're absolutely right. It's a constant paradigm shift that's happening. But, you know, in this world of identity politics, it's really yeah. difficult to, to articulate an argument without referring to them as like left, right, yes. or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't consider the Tories right wing very no, much not, at all. Especially not They've got Scotland, an awful lot of liberal yeah. policies, especially yeah. in Scotland. Yeah. And people ignore that. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, well, they, they, well, they, 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 they host the minimum wage. 
Um, yep. Yeah, there was a minimum wage. They uh, gay marriage. Um, they they brought it in. Um, yeah. So I think in the same way that the Greens wanted to say it's uh, grey versus green, not left versus right. Mm-hmm. That I want to say it's libertarian versus authoritarian. Okay. The left are authoritarian on economics. And increasingly on civil liberties. Yeah, that's the, what's the, made me the, abandon the, them so. The yeah. right, the right have traditionally been authoritarian on yep. civil liberties mm-hmm. and on foreign policy, but less so on economics. Yeah. So I think if you want an intelligence political spectrum, we need a cube. With three axes. These are the three that I've come up with so far. Well, it'd be nice if anyone's got a fourth one, but I don't know how we draw that because I don't know yeah. how we draw in four dimensions. But three axes authoritarian versus libertarian on civil liberties, mm-hmm. free market versus regulation or state ownership of the means of production, and interventionist versus non interventionist. Mm-hmm. And if you use those three axes, you can start to get more of an idea of where where the parties lie. The problem with that is you could be very civil libertarian on some issues and very uncivil libertarian on other issues in the same parties. Yeah. So any attempt to quantify is always going to be difficult. I just want to say one point on the left being fractured because I think it's a good one. Mm. First of all, obviously that's lucky because if you got <laughs> some kind of united front of lefty parties, they might actually be able to do some serious. More to the point, there's a reason why this happens. And that is if you believe that the right way to run an economy is to centrally plan it, hmm. you have to have discussions over what policies you're going to centrally plan and dictate to the whole country. Now, you're going to disagree on that Mm -hmm. because no matter how intelligent you are, your lefty buddies are are going to have different ideas on how we should centrally plan the economy. And this is why, um, I'm sorry to interrupt your point, but it's a point I I consistently make to people on the left as well. When, when, from a libertarian philosophical perspective, you know, the libertarian philosophy allows these systems yes. to continue. Yeah. Whereas a non-libertarian philosophy or a socialist or communist philosophy doesn't allow libertarian values to, to exist. Whereas yeah. that was one of the big things that introduced, yes. intro- that, that, that attracted me to libertarianism was as it allowed different ideas and different, different, uh, you know, to different solutions yeah. to be tried out yeah. and to be, and, and to coexist even yes. in some, in some, and, you know. Well, we don't know. I mean, the, the fact that we, I mean, there's different kinds of libertarian. You, you and Anthony lean more towards an anarchism. Yeah, more towards, uh, at this moment anyway, kind of minarchist. There's yeah. also different shades of view within libertarianism. Yeah. But what we all agree on is that we don't know how to run an economy. Yeah. None of us are, none of us are yeah. experts. We kind of want yeah. to, like I said earlier, like, I'm, I'm not that smart. Like the free market kind of, yeah. kind of figure yeah. it out, and, you know? And the, so this is why there's much less fracturing among libertarians. I mean, libertarians disagree yeah. on very many significant issues, but you don't get this fracturing off because essentially we've got this principle, which is hands off, let people decide for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, uh, and so if, Libertarian. If as many people were libertarians as there were people on the hard left, 
you'd be very likely to get one libertarian party mm. that could speak for all of them. But that is not the case with the left because they need to decide amongst themselves how the whole economy should be yep. centrally planned. How much of my money do you expect? Do you think you're entitled to? That's that's yeah. what it boils down. To. And so how could it be spent? Yeah, because yeah. you've got Rise who want it like ninety percent. You've got like. You've really? Got, that yeah. so, so I think solidarity as well. We're talking about there. They were talking about mandatory voting and all that kind of stuff as well. And then they were talking. And then and then you've got um, you know the Greens, which are sixty percent. And then you know I don't even know what Corbyn's policy is on it, but um, but but yeah, he's he's. Um, <laughs> Does, does anybody know what Corbyn's... Does Corbyn know what his policy is on it yet? Uh, I've, just, I've just been watching this whole thing, this train debacle go go up with Richard Branson and stuff. And Richard Branson, if any if any capitalist ever would be an exemplary um, leftist kind of, yeah. kind of idea, ideal, it's Richard Branson. The guy's, yeah. a, the guy's, you know, he's made his money through humanitarian means. He employs a shitload of people. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he's, he's provided services and products to the world that's emancipated people through information, yeah. through travel, through all these different yeah. things. He generally uh, pays his tax. Generally pays yeah. his tax. He, he, he pays his workers. He gives them loads of maternity leave. He gives them loads of holidays. Yeah. He believes in all this kind of stuff. But nah, fucking, we exposed the leader of the proletariat's fucking be stunt on a train. Now he needs to go down. But, um, yeah, yeah, that was, but, you're like it's it's so funny because I was having a conversation earlier on. It's like when whenever you mention the word capitalism to anybody, it's almost like they recoil, you know, to, to anybody on the left anyway. Um, uh, well, it just toxicity. It does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. And you know, as someone who's learned to, you know, are I've always appreciated the the, the fruits of capitalism, yeah. but now appreciate it to a much more sort of. Um, a, a much better, a much deeper level. I, I, you know, it's it's really it's really strange. It's almost it's it's like taking the red pill. You can see how many yeah. people have taken have drunk the Kool Aid. You know, it helps me because I remember you know living in a much more negative world when I was uh, on the left. You know, I'd walk into a supermarket and think, "Oh, this is horrible." Whereas now I walk into a supermarket and think, this is wonderful. Look at all this stuff that they that and so cheap. I mean, I, you know, I can go into uh, over to the discount section and get a packet of stir fry for forty seven pence. You know, that's amazing. You know, yeah, that, because, that that's because that stir fry company is exploiting the workers, man. <laughs> Sweatshops are awful, <laughs> well, man. If we're going to speak about you know exploitation and when it comes to food. The amount of money that is transferred from the state to farmers and things like that, is that not exploitative? Are they not forcing people at gunpoint to pay through the tax system for things they don't want? But um, more of that anon, because we're going to get to agriculture. Apart from that, you know, I had this desperately terrible feeling that, oh, we're destroying the planet and uh, we're we're in limited time. Now, there may be elements of truth to that and we can do a lot better with regards to maybe what do you mean you're a science denier (laughs) so yeah but but definitely the solutions that i thought were needed were not the ones that were and so on that point let's get to the environment yeah yeah so um What's what's well, okay, but the biggie, the biggie for most people uh, when it comes to environment, you talk about environmentalism. Everybody talks about climate change, right? yeah. And you know, governments are talking about it now. It's it's a buzzword. Everybody, you know, most uh, people in the high levels of government are convinced that um, 
first of all, climate change is anthropogenic, um, that it's catastrophic, yep. uh, that it's, uh, that, the, that the only solution for it is really government and more government. Is the, is it, uh, and, yeah. the, and, the, and the globe is warming and we're the cause. Yes, yeah, yeah, it sounds that's legit. Legit. Yeah. So, Kaz, will you lead the discussion and say a little bit about what you've learned on climate change and global warming since you've moved away from being a green? Well, getting away from, uh, stepping aside from the meat and potatoes of the environmentalist argument for a little bit, it was more, um, there's, a, there's a correlation I can see between the arguments that are made from a climate change perspective and Brexit. You know, it's like because you've got Brexit, it was the especially on the Remain side, in fact exclusively on the Remain side, it was listen to the experts. Mm. The experts know what they're talking about. Yeah. If you don't believe and listen to these experts, you're a pleb and you don't deserve a voice, you don't yeah. deserve a vote. Yeah. And this is the kind of attitude I'm seeing with the kind of climate change thing, is that if you don't listen to this contingent or this this consensus yeah. of experts, you're somehow unworthy of an opinion. And yeah. it's like, well, I'm not a helicopter pilot. But I don't need to be one to know that someone fucked up if someone flies it into a building. Yeah. So it's it's this is it's this contempt for the for the masses that I, that we're seeing coming from a lot of these arguments. And it was one of the reasons that kind of made me defiantly kind of go and look at the other arguments within the whole kind of the nuances, the minutia of the argument within within climate change. Yeah. And. It's really difficult, especially from the left, especially from, you know, if you want to even ask a question about climate change, you're completely dismissed. You look at the situation where it was like on, uh, it was on Australia's version of question time was trending on YouTube the the other week there. And it was some, it was a, it was a, it was a gent, I can't remember his name, very, very clever climate change, uh, climate change advocate, if you want to call them that, Mm. um, basically holding up a graph that said, look, this is how many scientists agree. You're an idiot. And everyone was, all the audience was laughing at the other guy who was basically just saying, look, I'm skeptical. I don't necessarily believe. I'm I'm not convinced by those numbers. Um, and it was this contempt for Mm. people that just didn't believe. And, and, and it's like, well, I'm not 100% convinced. Is it, you know, it's almost like a form of, Censorship. You don't want them to to come yeah. out with their their opinions. Yeah. Well, 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 first of all, I mean, can I just say the disturbing? Well, it's not a trend anymore. It's it's, it's pretty much blanket. They do it. Uh, if you present any kind of case against the 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 received wisdom on on anthropogenic climate change, mm-hmm. you're immediately labelled a denier. Right? Yeah. You, you know, you're not just a skeptic anymore. Um, you're a denier. You know, the the argument's closed. You know, the, 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 evidence is there. The science has spoken and anybody who, who, who speaks out or, 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 or questions this is a denier. I mean, what do we, what do we think about that? What's, what's behind that? I mean, it sounds, I mean, they're, they're immediately what they're trying to do is conflate you with a Holocaust, Holocaust denial. Yeah. Uh, and the, you know, the, the, the worst kinds of extreme fringe nutcases well, you know, the, the, this is it. What they do is they, is they paint you guilty by association. You know, yeah. um, if you're if you're not part of my clique, that means you're part of the enemy. It's quite interesting. Like I say earlier on, I, con- I conflated it to the con- kind of the Brexit view, Brexit vote, yeah. um, and and to some extent in America as well. That if you don't listen to X, you know, you're a denier. You're yeah. one of those. You're us versus them, and you're yeah. them. I mean, strange how they don't call themselves liberty deniers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. The benefits of liberty, I mean, capitalism is hated, but capitalism is bringing people in the poorest countries in the world out of poverty right now. Well, some people would say that's what socialism does to us. I, I'm, I, I remember I was presented with the argument. It's like, you know, your money doesn't belong to you because you 
gained it through yeah. um, being part of a society that was paid for by others. Right. And I was like, well, yeah, cap- yeah, so, so socialism has done a lot for me, arguably. But so is capitalism. The difference is capitalism doesn't ask anything back from me. It doesn't demand yeah. anything from me. It doesn't yeah. force anything from me. Yeah. It just it just asks me to act within my own rational self-interests and yeah. don't force anybody else to do other things. Yeah. That's that's essentially yeah. what it is within a free, free It doesn't market. go, I've cleaned your windows whether you like it or not. Now yeah. give me money. And give, yeah. and give me an exorbitant rate for it as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, But again, it's, 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 this main, it's this mainstream idea that, you know, unless you listen to this kind of this consensus or whatever it is, um, uh, and, and the mainstream idea, then then you're somehow other. You're the other. You're the yeah. radical. You're the extremist. And well, I don't mind being the radical, actually. You know, I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would absolutely. Ad- I, I'm I'm one of these people that would advocate if uh, if I have a child at some point is to is to you know reasonably and objectively rally against any kind of authority that assumes their authority over you. Yeah. You know, and and I think that goes for anyone. I saw a great post on the on 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 Facebook the other day, um, and it was touching uh, on the authoritarianism thing. With it was a picture of someone in uh, in World War Two. Yeah. Um, hiding the Jews and he says don't hide the Jews if you don't want to get arrested don't break the law and it was somebody hiding the Jews from the uh, yeah, in terms exactly. of the Holocaust yeah. I just thought that was brilliant it was so, it was just so clever the pen holders are the ones that make the rules and what yeah. happens when the pen holders do something you consider immorally yeah. wrong yeah. you know if you're just going to follow orders and do what you're told and not do anything against that you're you're part of the, you're culpable. You're part of the, you know, you're part of that kind of collectivist mentality, if you like, of, you know, I'm just going to do this because of the greater good. I'm doing this because someone else tells me it's a good idea rather than coming to your own kind of rational, your, you know, your, your own rational conclusion and going, yeah. no, I, 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 it was a great quote I heard from, funnily enough, um, Captain America Civil War, fantastic movie. I really enjoyed it. One of the great quote that I heard from it was, um, you know, make allowances where you can and when you can't, Plant yourself like a tree and tell the world to move. And I thought that was a brilliant quote because it yeah. does set, set it up. It's like, you know, it's an individual. It's almost, I, I would even say that Captain America is a bit of a libertarian love letter ever since becoming a libertarian. I've noticed that everything is libertarian. <laughs> so many things are libertarian. Science is not about consensus. It yeah. really isn't. You know, science is about reason and evidence and it's about, sh- you know, actually coming up with, with evidence and doing experiments and proving your theory. Based on um, observation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would, I don't know anybody in the, the, on the, who, who advocates anthropogenic climate change to say, well, okay, if I could get, right, let's say you've got 200,000 scientists. If I can get 200,000 in one scientist yeah, yeah, yeah. who disagree, does that mean I've won I'm the right. argument? First of all, when you actually look at it, you find that all these scientists that are talking about aren't actually there. I mean, I don't know how many climate science, uh, climate science scientists are there in the world. I, I really don't know. If, if, if there's two million, then two thousand is uh, it doesn't really that impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If there's two thousand and one, then two thousand is quite impressive. But again, it's not about consensus. It's about proving. If there your was case. about consensus, why not just hang democracy and set up a technocracy? Yeah, I know. Yeah. There's these people yeah. who believe the most in democracy or claim that they do that say you have to trust the experts. Now, first, how they actually collected this figure yeah. that this percent is ninety-two percent or whatever. It's really it? dubious. Yeah. They basically went through all these papers and just based it on. Some small detail whether it would it looked like they believed in it and they counted up the papers and said, Well, it's that percentage of scientists who agree. Second of all, if someone's a skeptic, 
they don't call them climate scientists. They yeah. call them geologists <laughs> or meteorolo- meteorologists yeah. and stuff like that. So they don't count them in the figure. It's really, really dubious. Then you had the climate gate thing where you've got emails where people are quoting in the email if we can make the data say a 0.2% more warm than it is, then we'll really have a better case. So they're sexing it up, basically. I know they probably justify it to themselves in their head saying this is so important, it's worth lying about. Then you had the hockey stick graph thing where they found that any data that you put into that simulator, any data would produce a hockey stick graph. Right, then... Then you had the situation in Al Gore's documentary where he showed the correlation between the amount of carbon in the atmosphere and the heat of the planet, only for it later to be exposed that the carbon followed the heat, (laughs) not the heat followed the carbon. So when the planet got warmer, the sea was letting off masses of carbon, right? So I'm not saying that climate change isn't real. I don't know, or isn't anthropogenic, right? I don't have the the necessary data or the expertise to work that out. But I definitely know, based on what we've seen from the environmental side, that there's serious reasons to be sceptical about it yeah. and that that's a conversation that's worth having. When you look at the motivations on both sides, you know, it's like often, you know, people are saying, oh, get your tinfoil hat, hats out, lads. Yeah. They're, they're manipulating, da- the government manipulating data to push an agenda. Never. That never happens. Yeah. So so it's like, well, you have to look at the motivations of both sides. What's the motivation of someone who is a climate change denier? Like, what 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 do they ha- what motivation do they have to say lie about it? Yeah. Well, well they're being paid by well, big, they're being paid uh, by big, big, yeah. big, big environment, big, you know, big anti-environment corporation here. Yeah. And then, and then you've got well, okay, then if we're going to ask that question, let's ask the other question: What motivates these governments and these and these officials and all these government-funded institutions? Yeah, well, altruistic to, concern for a fellow man, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, this is that, that's <laughs> it's not that, like you know, all of their jobs depend on funding. Yeah. Have yeah. you heard the story where they said, look? If you want to study something to do with squirrels, Mm. right, and you're just really passionate about studying that, if you're applying for a grant and you put in something like uh, with relation to climate change and want to study the behaviour, you will get grant money. You will get grant money. Whereas you might not get the grant money if you don't put... There's so much grant money going. So... But even then, it's not... It's... it's, You know, they, they gain a personal... Personal benefit from it, but it also has... Has connotations and and and, and not connotations has uh, consequences yeah. on uh, on government policy. So yeah. now we have you know the actions of these people motivated in such a way you know yeah. that they're they're motivated because it gets shit done that yeah. they want to happen yeah, yeah. and they want them to happen for as you say perfectly perfectly you know uh, you know reasonable yeah. motivation. I would say that was a reasonable motivation yeah. to, to 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 support climate change if it means that the government is going to uh, is going to make this the top priority for the next god yeah. knows how many years and make sure you're going to be paid for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's a pretty good reason to to support it. I yeah. would I would say too. Yeah. But there's so much. You know the, the things that the, that I hear coming out. I mean, you would honestly think, listening to uh, the environmentalists, right, as opposed to the environmentalists, yeah, the mentalists, right? yeah, the mentalists, you would honestly think that carbon dioxide was a bad thing. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, or, a, or absolutely naturally, yeah. it's a natural, naturally occurring yeah. gas that ever you would produce. Or and, even to and the that plants and vegetation yeah. actually thrive. On <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Yes, and in greenhouses, they bu- they burn things to make more carbon dioxide in the greenhouse so that the plants grow quicker. Thrive, yeah. Now, the amount of carbon in the di- uh, in the atmosphere at the moment is way below the the optimal level, let's say, for plant life to grow. And if you look at the satellite pictures of the Earth, the Earth has been greening as there's been more, more carbon, carbon dioxide. Now, I'm not, again, let's supposing that it might be true and it might be that all this carbon is a greenhouse gas and it's leading to disaster, right? Mm. Should we not take a cautious approach, I've been asked. Yeah. And certainly, but how... Why do people assume that it's the government that has to do this? And what is the well? Because the government's solution? so good at war, right? Yeah, and and you and, and the government is so good at healthcare, and the government is so good at education. You know, we all agree in that, don't we? <laughs> you know, so are, so obviously they're going to be fucking shit hot at sorting out our environmental problems. I mean, because I mean. It was one of the biggest governments that you, you ever got was the Soviet Union, and they were so environmentally friendly. <laughs> the former Eastern Bloc countries, I mean, they really took care of the environment. Yeah, and for anyone who hasn't seen the details on that, there's a couple of really great articles. You can just write type in uh, communism environment, and you'll get a couple of really great articles on Google that will absolutely detail the environmental destruction that centrally planned economies wreaked on the environment far worse than in the capitalist countries who are, it's apparently it's capitalism that's capitalism. destroying the yeah. environment. Yeah. Big business. All the socialist countries were far worse and for several reasons, I'll name two of them. Yeah, but they weren't really socialist, man. The first <laughs> thing is that when you have private control of resources, you are likely to take care of those resources in the lo- for the long term through the same reason that you treat a car that you own better than you rent. If you just cut down the forest, you can only make a buck once. Whereas if you own the forest, then you want to, first of all, preserve the value of the land. So when you sell it, it's worth the same amount or more than when you bought it. And second of all, you will make more money by being able to plant the trees and cut them down again and again and again. It's a a long-term lucrative Let me me play the devil's advocate here for a second, right? You know, okay, I'm I'm a, a capitalist fat cat, right? And I just, you know, I just love... Uh, wiping my arse and fifty pound notes and sitting for yeah, I mean I don't really you know I'm just in it for that. I just spunk off into big piles of money. That's all I do, and I'm just gonna just for shits and giggles, I'm gonna buy hundreds of acres of oak and just cut them all down and make a quick killing because I don't care. Well, you're going to be able to prov- to spend less money acquiring those resources than someone who is going to take care of them over the long term because that person has got a much greater financial incentive than you do to acquire acquire the resources in the first place. Which brings me to my second point, yeah. which is that when the government is responsible for allocating resources, mm. what the communists called scientific management of resources. Yeah. 
pretty right. well in term. Yeah, well, well, that's what they're going to get the experts to scientifically work out the best use of resources. Now, what the free market does is that as... Well, these, so, these be experts as, that are afraid of going to gulags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Experts the, that share properly. Yeah. yeah. As the resources become more rare on the free market, the price of those resources goes up, mm-hmm. which means that there's a catalyzing cause of minimizing the use of resources. Whereas that doesn't exist when the government's allocating resources. Yeah. They can just keep on giving away the oil even though it's getting scarce. They can just keep on doing it, which comes back to your point. Supposing you, rich fat cat, you do burn down the 400 acres of oak, mm. that massively increases the value of all the other oak forests in the yeah. country and puts a premium on preserving them and making sure that they don't get cut down, which would not have existed prior to that. So the other thing is, under a capitalist system, the more you can lower the price of your inputs to creating a product, the better. So you want to make as much of a good on the least amount of resources possible because that makes your profit margin bigger. That incentive does not exist under communism and yep. under communism the rivers were polluted the air was polluted and and so forth so th- those are some of the ways that we tackle the problem now when it comes to climate change i would say that the government's responsible more than anyone first of all god knows how much carbon they spent with all their tanks and things like that in mm. iraq they were saying that the the iraq war was getting through more fossil fuels than the indian economy was <laughs> At the yeah. same time. Yeah. And, and then you, you, you hear the stats about these fighter jets that burn more fuel than 50,000 cars just on a test run. Mm. But that aside, who built the roads? Why did they build so many roads instead of trains, trams? and all? The government built those roads. If a private corporation was pumping as much pollution into the environment as the government was yep. as your average highway yeah. with its six lanes does people would sue them mm. oh but that's just part of running the economy so if, if global warming is true and if it's anthropogenic and it's carbon dioxide the biggest source of pollution is the state so yeah. the state could uh, possibly be the solution you know, in, in, in that regard, which is one of our, one of our kind of four points. I mean, when, 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 this is, this is again, you know, we're seeing a pattern with a lot of these arguments, especially from a libertarian perspective, where it's like, you know, we need government to fix X. And then you go, well, government's causing X. And they go, well, that's because we need more of it. Yes. <laughs> I, I, so often my typical conversation with a left winger will be like, the, the 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 capitalist system is bad for this reason, so we need more government. And I say, well, the government makes that situation worse. Yep. Here's an, six examples of how the government makes that situation worse. And then they go, yeah, I agree with you about all that stuff, but it would be even worse without the government. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my uh, God, the yeah. cognitive dissonance is yeah. huge. It's, uh, people don't get, seem to understand that governments get away with doing these things because they write the they write the rules. Yeah. You know, they, they set the playing field. And when I refer to something as a government monopoly, they don't yeah. realise that I'm actually saying, yeah, monopoly, as in, that's bad. 
and not something we need to yeah. regulate against. It's something the market will regulate what, against. What, what, what people will often counter is they go, well, you know, at least we can get rid of the government. You know, at least, yeah. well, this is what they say. They go, at least, yeah. well, we can actually, change. actually you yeah. can't get rid of the government. No. You can change its car. You can yeah. change certain things about it, but you actually don't get rid of the government. It's still there. You're still changing somewhat. If it's one person whose salary doesn't depend on them doing a good job with yeah. someone else whose salary doesn't really depend on them doing a good job. You know, yeah. look, at, look at Jeremy Look at how much we hate him. Yeah. It's like that guy. You know, if we sack him, he just goes to be back. If we sack him, he goes to be in the back to being a backbencher, yeah. or or he get, or, or, or even he gets unelected. But or you know, even worse, it's going to be somebody like Neil Kinnock. But you know, I mean, but the, most failures either they they end, they end up in the House of Lords, yeah. or they go to the European Union where they earn with shit the, loads of money again. They become commissioners. Yeah, they become commissioners. <laughs> uh, or they they'd end up for some bizarre fucking reason, right? End up as consultants for yeah, major yeah, corporations. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, so who'd have, who'd have thought that businessmen would probably be better at running businesses than politicians were? I, I, I it's, well, the, it's, the whole reason it's radical. Like, radical. The whole reason they're there, as far as I can see, is because this guy, we've got our end guy, right? We've got our guy on the board who knows people in government and will be able to open doors for us and get us special access to, you know, to people in government to get the game changed in our favour. You know, that's why all these politicians are on the boards of fucking corporations and and companies. Not because they're fucking any good at what they do. They're complete fucking idiots, right? And even the corporations know that. But they flatter them and give them a position in their company so that they can get access to government. These are people who think that they're above doing proper regular person work because they're brainy and they're elite. So that's why they go into the government. Your job in the government doesn't depend on your performance on anything Mm. the way that it tends to on the market. It's based on your ability to convince people to vote for you, it's which based is a on very different election skill. Yeah. It's yeah. a yeah. very different skill to actually being competent at running things. Now, those people who say, oh, you can replace the government, actually, it's a lot easier to replace companies because if I don't like Starbucks, I can go to Costa, and if I don't like Costa, I can go to the place down the road. But mm-hmm. I don't get that choice with the government. I have to pay for them through the tax system. And if I want to change it, I need to lobby, I need to write letters, I need to get popular support, I need to vote them out. That just doesn't happen in the market. If I don't like a service, vote I just don't buy that yeah. service. Yeah. Just I mean, like, if you look at, if you look it's at far the, more democratic. Yeah. If you look yeah. at uh, even Tony Blair or even Mrs. Thatcher's government, like that, they were Mrs. Thatcher's government or the Conservatives were in power for like 20, 20 odd years. Mm. Uh, Tony Blair's government, but 20 years again. So that's 20 years of, uh, you know, Hugh Ratner's company, you know, the, the, the gold, the, the, the jewellery company went fucking down overnight because he one comment that he made right. about his fucking stuff being crap. Yep. Right. So, so like in an instant, Suddenly that company went down. People mm. saw rat, the Ratner's chain of shops just closed down. But what happens? Minimal interruption as well. If yeah. the government goes down, the interruption will be massive. But a company can go out of business and there's still several yeah, other options yeah. for getting that service. Please yeah. continue. But yeah, well, the, 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 the regular argument to that would be, but what about Coca-Cola? Who acts really badly by, you know, in, in, in other Latin American countries with the way they treat their workers and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's like. Rough government collusion. Yeah, yeah. that's it. It's because, it's, it's government that allows them to do that. It's like, yeah. because, and it's like, 
It's like, well, stop buying Coke. <laughs> yeah. Stop buying it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like vote with your wallet. If you don't want it, if you don't want to buy it. It's like I, I use the I use the term. You mentioned Costa yeah. earlier. Costa donates to the Tory party. Yeah. You don't like the Tory, don't buy Costa. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. you know. Again, but it doesn't. But I don't. I haven't bought any yeah. AG bars products or Tunnock's products yeah. since uh, the, the the yes vote. That's you know, when, when they come out with their kind of like, oh, we're against independence. That's yeah. great. They didn't tell their opinion. I I find love their their products. You know, nothing yeah. I like better than a nice cold bottle Iron Brew uh, after a night on the piss. But. Do you know what? I'm just not buying their products anymore because of the shit that they came out with. Um, and, and that's the best way to and do will, it. Will know? it have an impact? Well, more so if they didn't, if they d- didn't get government leg ups yes. and government problems. Yeah, absolutely. So, Corporate you, welfare. You will yeah. find the government's fingerprints on all the environmental problems. So why did the rainforest get cut down? Well, because there's no respect for property rights in those countries. Yeah. yeah. They're poor. And one of the ways that they make money is by logging. Now, a charity can't just go in there and buy up the rainforest because they'll log it anyway. They will (laughs) not respect that property right. Now, on a free market, the best way would be to burn a section of the rainforest, use that for agriculture, then move to the next area and let that replenish and do that in a circle, maybe over the course of 30 years or 50 years. And these are solutions... That are natural. Yes, they're natural parts of the free market. Yeah, and that's what the tribes do. Yeah, yeah. They they will move around in that way. That would be the way to preserve your long term investment for generations yep. to come. That is the economic thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, what's been saving the rainforest is intensive farming, because people can grow more food on less land then that has been having a massive impact on the amount of rainforests that are being cut down. But, you know, some of these, you could not do that. And I used to be one of these organic people. You could not do that if all the food produce was organic because it would take so much room. And cause a lot of contrary kind of environmental damage, other environmental damage. Yeah, it would. I mean, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan bloody, you know, well, don't eat organic food because they will actually just catch tons of fish and chuck it on the land and let it raw to get the phosphates or nitrogen or whatever Mm -hmm. it is in the fish into the soil. So um, what I think that the free market really has to offer in terms of environmental solutions is it will bring up the wealth of those countries so they don't have to log so much. The second thing is, in poor countries, people just scramp around trying to make a living without any concern for the environment. They they don't they can't afford to defill their water. Yeah. They can't afford to replant their forests. They can't put recycling infrastructure into place. And they, they can't afford to clean up their air. But whenever people get an an income of over, say, $4,000 a head, they start demanding clean air and water supplies. The second thing is that innovation really saves the planet. So we have the innovation of intensive farming. Mm -hmm. Second thing is whoever invented the memory stick probably saved more trees than any environmental activist in history. Yep, that's it. You know, the emails... All these inventions really do present an opportunity 
to do things digitally rather than um, with you know, yeah. thanks thanks to energy, which yeah. you know, like we, we were saying earlier on about uh, I you know about. Uh, uh, about fossil fuels, you know, it's like, ironically, fossil fuels are, uh, thanks to fossil fuels, we're breathing clean air. We're no longer, right. we don't have a coal fire in this room. That's right. You know, we That's don't right. have, we, we have anti-pollution solutions thanks to the energy, aka yeah. the fossil fuels we've burned. It's, but something you pointed, uh, something you touched on about, uh, about the, de- about deforestation is it seems to be that uh, a lot of these arguments stem from a uh, desire to kind of beat the third world into regulatory submission. Yes. We've decided that yeah. X is bad, despite the fact that we've benefited from yeah, it. Yeah. And now we've decided that since it's bad, you guys don't get your industrial yeah. revolution, you guys don't get your yeah. innovative farming products. You get to stay, you get in, poverty to stay in poverty yeah, yeah. because we are the mo- we've taken the moral high ground on this issue. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the main things that made me kind of not just abandon the Green Party, but the left almost altogether because there seems to be an there seems to be this 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 aura, if you like, yeah. of um, you know, of virtue signalling, for mm. lack of a better term. Yeah. You know, it seems to be uh, people are much more concerned about going. I am a taxpayer. Well done. Well, you've you've patted yourself on the back. You've paid you a little bit of extra mm. money or whatever, and done absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, you've done not. You, you've done nothing otherwise. Fact, probably done more harm than good. Yeah. 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 Of course, it's a myth that. If the third world develops, it will be an environmental disaster for the reasons that I've said, which is if they've got more wealth, they can actually afford to take care of their environment, which they cannot do at the moment. Yeah, it's not like in the 14th, like in the 14th or 15th century yeah. where, where we didn't already have solutions to yeah. a lot of the problems that we would inevitably create with an industrial revolution, right? Yeah. We're, we're already innovating. My God, there's, there's people in Kenya building houses one brick at a time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with, with clay from the ground and very little cement, they're innovating. And, uh, and, you know, their, their means of production, if you like, is, is, is curtailed by the fact that they have to, uh, they have to, abide yeah. by you know safety laws and they can't get bigger equipment because that yeah. belongs to the government and yeah. and, and things like that it's terrible and, and, and we don't allow food imports because of being part of the EU yeah. from the poorest countries in so the world so bananas aren't straight enough now someone, <laughs> now someone will tell will obviously say well what about the environmental impact of sh- shipping food from Africa actually uh, only 4% of the carbon from transport uh, from getting food to your plate would be from carbon. Right. Uh, and in hotter climates, some things will grow quicker because there's more sunlight and it could actually save a lot of energy. I heard that it, uh, I can't remember the exact statistic, but it was something like it takes more energy to get a lamb to your plate from Wales than from Australia or some country that's really, yeah. really far away, yeah. uh, which is which is very counterintuitive. But again, allowing food imports from poor countries would not only mean that people on low incomes here would get food cheaper, mm. but we'd actually be sending our money over to the poorest countries in the world to help stimulate their economy. At which point they'll have more wealth to be able to take yeah. care of their environment. And again, and what what stop what's what retards that ability you know that ability to get that boost in economic growth well we see it from the eu we see it from western governments we get you know we we will not buy products from you if they're from sweatshops we will not buy products from you if they're xyz if you had if your carbon footprint is x x uh, x size we're going to we're going to put tariffs on your uh, on you we're going to tax you 
you know, these yeah. kinds of things. It's um, it's preposterous the amount of sort of you know the 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 way that we you know our morals are our morals quote unquote are used to justify um uh, the these policies which in, invariably just cause more harm than good so yeah. we're, we're a big advocate in this show of don't come to us with problems come to us with solutions so we've talked a bit about environmental issues and we've talked a bit about climate change uh and energy but what's what's the solutions three three environmental uh, problems, three solutions. Well, let's take but, a local council issue, for example. Okay. Right now, we've got issues with, uh, well, well, I say issues, people are not very happy about the way in Fife, for example, um, we've got the bin system. We're only getting yeah. bins once right. every couple of months. You know, recycling's a big thing. We've all, we're all being right. kind of, um, you know, coerced into doing this recycling stuff. Um, what would be a free market solution to recycling? Yeah. Okay. Right. Anthony, you're pretty, you're pretty up to speed in this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Tell us some well, shit about what to do with our shit. If we if we didn't Here's have government, how would we recycle? This is the best thing. Right. First of all, we don't actually know what the best, most efficient way to recycle is because there's no competition in the recycling market. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, but what's more, we have a... Ter- like, the left sometimes, those who know a little bit about economics, will complain about externalities. Now, right. externality is... If you sell me a car and I'm happy with the car and you're happy with the price I'm going to give you, that's great for you and I. Mm. But oh, what about the environmental damage of having that car? Right. All of our waste right now, I've never heard a leftist say this, is an externality, right? We have a free market in the attainment of commodities, but we do not have a free market in the disposal of commodities. Now, it does actually break my heart to to think about the number of people coming out of Starbucks with disposable cups that are used once and chucked away. Sometimes you go in the, the to the supermarket and every banana is individually packaged. You're like, what the fuck, <laughs> right? So yeah. much waste. Yeah. Why? Because you do not have to pay to have your trash disposed of. Yeah. If you did have to pay for your trash to be disposed of, the easier to dispose of the trash, the cheaper it would be. So if it was biodegradable, maybe a farm would pick it up for free. If it was recyclable, yeah. like yeah. tin yeah. or aluminium, yeah. which have a recyclable value, someone might pay you for it. They yeah. might give you five pence a can. I go to the park across the street from me Every time I go there, people have discarded cans. And I think that is so sad. But on a free market, some kid would go around, pick them up, get five pence for a can. Or you would keep them. You would say, yeah. I'm going to keep these cans and I'm going to get a little bit of return from the juice yeah, that yeah. I just bought. You know, yeah. 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 We used to have a system where people would drop milk bottles outside your house yeah. and then collect them. But there's yeah. no incentive for yeah. any of that stuff anymore yeah. because all of our waste... Is private is Mon- is, is, is a yeah, government monopoly. A government yeah. monopoly. By the way, that's another reason to stop buying bars products because they stopped the they stopped they stopped the deposit. Yeah, yeah, that's that's but they kept the price at a pound a bottle. <laughs> so they actually raised the price of the product by thirty pence and said they were doing. You know, come on. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to I used to recycle those bottles as a kid, not yeah. because I cared about the environment, no, but because I got exactly. free now they incentive bottles, to just yeah. chuck yeah. that in the local park. Yes, is, yeah. uh, is is there rather than keeping it and collecting yeah. it? And, yeah. 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 yeah, so I've seen the wrong garbage in the wrong bins. I've seen the food bin uh, on the street near me overflowing with plastic bottles and things like that. That wouldn't happen 
if you were charged for your waste disposal in proportion to how hard that would get rid of. They've got most crisp packets are non-biodegradable and you can't recycle them because they use mixed fibres. I have seen organic crisps sold in packets that are biodegradable, but there's no incentive to no, do that there isn't. because yeah. they're more expensive to manufacture. Now, if people say, well, I don't want to chuck that in my bin because, um, because I'm going to have to pay for it to get collected. Billions of water bottles made with oil-based plastic could actually be made with organic biodegradable hemp plastic. Industrial hemp is illegal to grow (laughs) and there's no incentive because you you, on a free market... Would you be right in saying you can't even get high on industrial hemp? No. No, it has to be 0.3% less to THC or less. Okay. Um, And I think that's, you know, that's what classifies it as industrial hemp. So I'm saying privatising trash collection will get rid of most excess packaging. Where there is excess packaging, they'll swap it for biodegradable stuff because people do not want to pay more when they've got an incentive. Thirdly, they will not be able to as easily plan obsolescence in toasters, kettles, fridges, because people know that they're going to have to pay for their fridge to get picked up. Or... The manufacturer will say, we will pick we'll up, collect we'll it. collect it, and they would make products easy to repair because the financial incentive would be there to make products easy to repair instead of take, make, throw away. So that's my massive... Okay, let me let me. I hope I hope there's. I'm going to share this on my page, and I hope there's greens listening because you just got out hippied by a capitalist. <laughs> so there, so there you go, guys. You know that's another one of the reasons I thought I was a free love and hippie being part of the green party, but no, you don't know free love and hippie till you become well, a libertarian. That's, that's <laughs> I don't think that there was a cheap out of the green party when AG Bar decided to get rid of the, the, the deposit on their bottles. I don't even think they made a comment on that. No. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, if, I'm sure. I'd like to hear about it. It was just deleted no longer. Can I just interject on that exact point? Because if you think of all the trucks that drive to supermarkets every day to drop off products, why aren't they going back the way, having collected the bottles that they dropped there but empty, to refill them and bring them back to the supermarket the next day? In a privatised trash collection system that would be more economic it would happen more okay so let, let, let me let me, let me just throw uh a, a, an unenvironmentally friendly spanner in your bin okay. um <laughs> what but short term at least what people say is well look that's going to lead to a lot of fly tipping if people have to pay to get rid of their trash it's bad enough already people are that lazy they go, i mean don't get me wrong here i, I mean that stretches my non-aggression principle i think i would literally machine gun people to death for fucking flight tipping because I don't think there's any fucking excuse for it whatsoever. Yeah. But I mean that's another discussion. Um, what do we do? I mean the short term, how do you police that? It's gonna you know who's it's bad enough at the moment people sticking their shite in other people's bins and you know throwing it in other mm-hmm. people's gardens. How do we tackle fly tipping in the short term? Because would you agree that that, that would probably increase in the short term? Well it happens now. I, I um, know. Yeah. Do you want to take it first? Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but well, yeah. Well, it, happen, it happens now. Um, so you know. Uh, so. But it'd be worse. Uh, aye, yeah, well, one, one of the solutions isn't the government. So, okay. so the second. So, so what? What? How? How could we? How could we sort of mitigate that from a? 
from 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 a free market perspective, will it increase? I mean, well, potentially. It really, it's really like I, I would ask myself this question. I mean, I I can't speak for anybody else. It's like, well, would I? You know what? What would what would be the, the advantages and disadvantages? Let's look at a reasoned, objective reason for me to go and fly to Why would why would I do it? Right. Um, you know, and if I could do it without being caught, you know, that's the yeah. question. It's like because this is invariably like you know, just like why people don't commit crimes, you know, and yeah. and and things like that it goes right down to this philosophical argument. It's like well, people don't don't necessarily commit crimes because. They don't want to go to jail, but they don't necessarily commit crimes because it's not beneficial for them to commit that crime. It's not mutually, you know, they yeah. do themselves a disservice, um, you know, anyway, even without yeah. the thought of consequences yeah. through the law. So, you know, would but you... that's let, most of the people, you know, most you let of the time, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, there's still that element. I mean, as, as we've admitted, fly tipping goes on at the yeah. moment. What's the benefit? They can go to the... They can get this, this trash disposed of free at the moment. You can phone the council, they might take an edge, but they'll come and collect it. But yet some people just can't be asked to do that. They'll actually spend the money putting fuel in a fucking van or whatever, taking it out into the countryside and dumping it on in, in some farmer's yeah, property well, or by the side of the road. That's what so I have to do. Yeah. Your, see if you were asked the question, what would be your solutions before I... Well, I mean, this, this, I don't know if they're satisfactory, you know, like it's, okay, technology's getting a lot cheaper, so people can put up cameras, yada, yada, but, but, but what, I think ultimately, what would you be prepared to do in terms of punishment for people who do fly to it? Pro- what, what would you be prepared? Property rights? Yeah. Well, yeah, property rights are a big thing about this. Yeah, you can't, you cannot, uh, it's an externality. You cannot fuck yeah, up somebody so. else's property. So how would you, how would we deal with that? What, what sort of penalties would you be prepared to put in place for people who do fly to it? it would probably be, um, compensation plus fine. And they might be quite considerable. Well, compensation, about, sorry, but compensation plus fine is great. But the whole reason that they're dumping their rubbish in the first place is because they foreseeably or conceivably they can't afford to get rid of it or they, they think that they can't or they'd rather spend their money elsewhere. So how are you going to find somebody who doesn't have buck fuck money in the first place and how are you going to get them to pay compensation when they don't have buck fuck money in the first place? Send them to slave camps. <laughs> and well, I'm, like, I'm just throwing this out there. Yeah, like, so that, yeah. that, well, the thing is, we already have a justice system. It might not be the best justice system conceivable, but presumably that justice system would come up with a punishment for that. But I'm, I think deterrent is kind of like the last port of call. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I don't think... I don't want people not to fly tip because they're afraid of going to jail. I want them not to fly tip, first of all, because they're not cunts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and secondly, as, as Kaz said, you know, that it's not in their self-interest to do so. My main thing would be to, to actually look at the situation and see... How likely is that going to be? First of all... Well, it happens already. Okay, and it's okay free. but... Yeah. but the volume of waste that people were producing would be a fraction of what it is now. First of all, because all your sort of cans and tins will probably fetch a price, because um, bottles are recyclable, will probably be picked up for free, more of them will be biodegradable, more of them will be made out of hemp. So that takes away that problem. They, They just go in the compost heap. Then you come to... Um, your 
So then you come to the, the your kitchen waste and stuff like that. Those go on the compost heap. So bit by bit, you're decreasing the volume of waste. Yeah. Now, if you do have anything that is expensive to dispose of, yes, you might want to fly so to like a fridge. Yeah. You know, like because fridge, you need to get rid of a fridge in a specific way. You can't mm. just flight it. Yeah, and it, because, and it contains because it contains certain yeah. So I could see it in a situation where you would have to you would have to deal with that issue. Um, I think it would be the way in the best interest of the company that sells you the fridge, as you said, yeah. to yeah. deal with that on your behalf. And then maybe say if you we will come and pick up your old fridge and deliver your new one, you yeah, know. Yeah, so yeah. so that way they're getting they're getting a new sale out of it and they're dealing with the issue. Yeah. I think that might be one way you could do it. But when you're talking about fly tipping as a problem just now, um, you know, I think one of the reasons or one of them, like like you say, is it within somebody's ra- rational interest to, to fly tip just now? Well, arguably yes, because they've got such a limit on how much they can actually dispose of. They uh, they have the current, we have our current waste, as Anthony points out, we have mm-hmm. the current amount of waste that we have and the volume is so high and the solution that we have right now isn't ideal. So what we're finding now is we're finding a lot of people are not able to bin the dispose what they have and rather than reducing their waste, which is difficult in a situation where we've got individually packet, you know, we've got We've got packets of sliced apple in the, pa- in the in the in the supermarket and things like that. Whereas you know the the incentive to you know would would be would be less if you didn't have so much to yeah. Yeah, so much to bin in the first place. Um, but also from the also from the perspective of you know you wouldn't have all the excess yeah. you, you know that might not be being dealt with at the moment. With I think we're now talking about what four weeks for pickups. Yeah. You know, it's wow. and then, and it's just a, a, just a question. I mean, like you're for you're, a small bin. You're from Fife. Um, uh, is it Kirkcaldy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, did your dad play darts with Jockey Wilson? Uh, I, I don't think so. Right. No. Okay. Um, sorry. Just, like, just, just ask everybody for uh, Fife. Right. 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 right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Stop press. Sorry, his dad didn't play. Right. Okay. Um, no, but in fact, you have the recycling. Uh, I call it the recycling bullshit going on because much of it, as far as I can see, we used to have one bin wagon that came around and picked up all your shit. Now there's maybe three or four. Right. So how is that environmentally friendly? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and secondly, I don't. I suspect. That here in Edinburgh we don't really have the facilities no, they're needed going, they're to going actually process miles that. And miles and miles away. Some of them are right. actually in Europe. Right. You know, right. Uh, for uh, there's we're not actually. This is the. I mean, problem. is that the situation in Fife as well? Do you suspect? No. Well, uh, we have we have a we have a tech like a, a public tech yeah. like every ten minutes. Um, you know, uh, pretty much there's one in Glenorthus, I think, and there's one in Kirkcaldy, just uh, just at the Don Justice Estate where I live. So, yeah, my incentive to to, to fly tip is extremely extremely small, even when I do have surplus and excess, because I do yeah. have surplus and excess. I've got bid, but, you know, I've got bid liners yeah. in my house that need to be taken but away. But do you know if your councils um, actually have the facilities that they're boasting? I they're, they're making us separate our rubbish into different bins. Yeah, and is it do they even have the facilities to recycle it properly, or are they just know. sticking it on a boat and sending it to? landfill in China over over and above um, over and above what what we're doing ourselves probably probably not I mean we've got we've got a local tip um, but you know it's just it's not it's by no means you know going to deal with the entirety of the waste from all of Kirkcaldy Um, you know that so I I would imagine I would imagine they would have to that's a a good question actually I'll probably go and do that up and it is um, uh, worth mentioning to anyone who's worried about our environment that landfills aren't what they once were. They used to just be this, this big 
back Big and pilot. around. Yeah, now that they've, the, the technology has come on so far, they take the they 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 drain the juice of all that garbage out, yeah. and they reprocess it into batteries. They can often plant grass over the top. They extract the methane gas and they burn it for energy. Um, there's some really, really good things happening in landfills. Now, landfills obviously aren't a perfect solution, but they're a consequence yeah. of the fact that... And there's that actually no have... shortage of landfill. No, no. there isn't. There's, yeah. there, 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 Contrary there's... to what they would have you believe. Well, yeah. they used to say, oh, we're running out of landfill room. That's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> hey, badunch. Yes, uh. so... <laughs> yeah. Tune in next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, technology can save us a lot. We don't know the best way to dispose of our trash because we don't have companies competing to get your... I mean, on a free market, chucking stuff away is basically equivalent to waste. That's a waste of resources, right? Yeah, yeah. If you can make money out of those resources, out of reprocessing them, you're going to want to do it. So on a free market, there's an incentive... To use those cheap... I mean, if someone figures out a way to recycle... Well, we used to have scrap men, rag and bone men, who used to come round the doors and pick up your you know, your, your, your old clothes and your old bits of iron, yeah. old bits of rubbish, and take them away because there was money in it. Yeah. And that doesn't seem to happen anymore. Because yeah. the government's taken over the industry yeah. and it's got a monopoly... And monopolies are bad. Okay? Yep. So that's are bad. So I mean that. So that's that? that. That's trash disposal. Unless we get anything more to say, is there, uh, one brief okay. point I was going to make is about the metal industry, right? Yeah. So I get often get people knocking on my door saying you've got any spare metal, and if I do, I'll give. So it you to get me. rid of your old iron metal albums. Yeah, I'd never get rid of them. No, but we're. Uh, but no, I give them any metal. You know, any anything like about there, like yeah. you know, like cables or anything like that. Just something yeah. they can take away. It's normally normally stuff. Um, and you know they, they do that it's just a guy in a white van and he just yeah. takes them to the dump himself and he gets yeah. a wee bit of it's like well they're he's not taking it away in flight you know, tip because it wouldn't have been worth no, his while to do that you know? he's not taking yeah. it away in flight tip and he's taking it away to someone who values that metal yeah. more than he values the metal and yeah. he's getting money for it yeah. which he values more than the metal yeah. and more value yeah, more than his time as well yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, it's taking, you know if he spends an hour going around all the all the places and gets gets himself 20-30 quid's worth of scrap metal He's made it. It's, it's worth his time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah. I think I think that's really I think that's really good. Um, you know, but you know, it's all it's all about this this profit word. Profit's a, a nasty word. This yeah. way, remember we've got to. That's, uh, that's so. Bad. Do we, so can we yeah. think of another uh, environmental problem and some free market solutions? Uh, what about the energy crisis? Okay, that's a good one. No, it's a good right. One. So right now you're compelled if you make energy to sell it to the national grid. That means that the price of energy on a free market would probably fetch a much higher price mm. than the government is paying for it. Yeah. So you would have, without a national grid, first of all, you wouldn't have to have all these pylons going across the whole country, yeah. shredding the environment to shreds. But also, you'd have people with you know your best technology solar panels on the roof selling their energy to their neighbours for more than the government will pay pay for it. Now, they're coming in offering subsidies and discounts to people for getting solar panels. That's a bad idea. First of all, um, it's... Those panels are probably obsolete in 10 years anyway. Yeah, less. for sure. Yeah. And secondly, you can really retard the progress of an industry by subsidising it 
because you you're making something that isn't commercially viable commercially viable therefore removing the incentive to innovate and do research so if anyone was allowed to produce energy and sell it for whatever price it could fetch and then that would probably increase energy production it would increase the amount of conservation of energy and move move toward so do you want to talk about other ways of Producing energy and your problems well, with it. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just. Let's, I mean, for example, we 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 need. To, uh, we're an industrial scale uh, economy, so I mean, it's, it's not just about power in people's houses, or whatever. It, it really is about power in uh, industry. Isn't that and, where the, the steel is, isn't that one of the biggest issues with the steel industry? Why we're not so competitive is because our energy prices are so high. We yeah, I believe so. You know, now yeah. we're, we're we're talking about uh, we're talking about bringing in uh, nuclear, more more nuclear power stations, or repl- at least replacing the existing uh, nuclear power stations that we have already. Nuclear power has been one of these things that I've, I've kind of swung both ways on. I mean, at one point I was all for nuclear power. Then I decided, look, it's a bad thing. And then latterly, I'm saying not extremely latterly, but maybe about three or four years ago, I was thinking, well... We can't be reliant on, you know, on on Russia, and we can't be reliant on you know foreign countries to provide our energy because they could just switch it off at the drop of a hat and and, and hold us to, to to ransom. So I don't think it's a good idea to do that. What is the solution? And as tenuous as it was, I don't think nuclear power is good, but I thought at least in the short term, it's a better solution than the, well, than, than anybody's providing, and it does actually meet your energy requirements. However, uh, Pan Samarov here actually gave me the, the best showstopper in that one. So, well, look, if you actually believe in the free market, in a completely free market system, there is no private company that will completely uh, fund that. There is no insurance company that will, that will, that will insure it. Therefore, it ends up that the taxpayer funds the initial uh, building of these things, two, pays for getting rid of the waste, and three, has to underwrite it in the t- in, in, uh, when it, if it goes horribly so, wrong. So that's, that would be a free market case against nuclear power so stations. It's, yeah. it's actually then, you know, deregulation such a, you know, let's say we're, say we're to deregulate the market to the point where yeah. any company or, or didn't can Margaret, start up Or with didn't Mar- that Margaret Thatcher deregulate yeah, she, the energy she, market? She did, do, yeah. But just saying you enough to get, cause problems, yeah. You could get your, you just say you could get your company to build, you know, your private company to build their own nuclear power station, um, you know, yeah. in, in, in Scotland. Um, you know, taking the risks that they want to take with that risk, because that's that's all. That's all. Like that, that's all. Kind of, that's a lot of where investment kind of works. The bigger risks you take, generally, yeah. the bigger return that you. Uh, yeah. But then the cost of that energy would be would be massive. Yeah. Well, I mean, that'd be probably a truer well, reflection of the true cost of it. Well, yeah. haven't well, I, I read an article in Reason the other, the other day when they were talking about um, nuclear versus, say, something uh, some like alternatives like wind and solar power. Yeah. Well, wind and solar power are so heavily subsidised that that's what makes their energy affordable. Is that there is that the um, is that the costs of production, yeah. if you like, are, are, are supplemented by these subsidies. Yeah. So in reality, are, in reality, it's costing two pounds to produce a pound's worth of electricity. It, yeah, yeah, and they're all backed up by fossil fuels. But yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah. 
yeah. in a wee bit. Okay, and that's interesting. Got, and then we've got nuclear, nuclear. Yeah, if, if there's no wind, we have to go back into um, fossil fuel generators to to, to back that up. Right, okay. It's like where where are we going to get that? You know, and then we can talk about fracking. Um, but then there's yeah. But then on the other uh, the other side of the coin, it's. Um, Nuclear energy still, even at the base level, when you're not talking any subsidies, is still the most efficient way to provide energy um, in terms of... In fact, coal is the most efficient way to provide energy. Yeah. But if we're talking about CO2 being the global killer that it is, um, yeah. right, then let's, let's, pick, let, let's, let's hire the idea of nuclear, nuclear power. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if we've got nuclear power, then it, and it is the... If somebody would say, again, it's really hard to pitch nuclear power as a good solution, like you were yeah. saying... But if it is the most energy efficient, the most efficient way of producing energy in the cleanest way, then I, I think that might infer, you know, yeah. some kind of investment. Like you say, certain insurance companies probably wouldn't infer in the risk, but it depends on how much of evidence there is to support the idea that CO2 is actually so bad. Because if it's so, so bad, then we're going to have to look at the next cleanest down the line. Yeah, the yeah. next most efficient, cleanest method of energy is nuclear power. But yeah. again, it's also backed up by fossil fuel generators. Yeah, yeah. So fossil fuels are the answer, <laughs> um, which is uh, strange. <laughs> you know? Anthony, uh, your thoughts on uh, nuclear power? I mean, obviously, if we can crack nuclear uh, fusion. Fusion? Yeah. yeah. If or, or, or other more intelligent kind of free market solutions to getting rid of nuclear waste. Um, yeah. And we're talking about radiation as well. Or someone's saying that radiation isn't necessarily as as big a boogeyman as it's made made out to be. Obviously, if you have a have a, have a meltdown, it's yeah. it's quite bad. But we're talking about the natural kind of radiation that you're going to have within nuclear stations. They they correlate it to this. Probably uh, living in Aberdeen would probably get more radiation. <laughs> yeah, in terms yeah. Of the granite and so totally. Forth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're bombarded by radiation every day. Um, you know. So it's all about. Uh, how is it that somebody put it? Or like it's it's about sleeping with too, sleeping next to too many wives at the same time or something like that. It's bad for uh, you. I've yet, to have, <laughs> yeah. I've yet to have that experience. Anthony, <laughs> yeah. um, what do you what's your what's your word on before right. we move on? To well, I think fracking. the free market will decide what's the most safe and efficient form of energy. From what I saw, when nuclear power was officially well first developed. It was nuclear power was sold as a pretext for offsetting the costs of developing nuclear weapons. Right, yeah, right. of course. Yeah. And for ages, the government was massively involved in making red look black. It wasn't economic, it wasn't efficient, it was incredibly costly, and they, uh, and they were doing a lot of manipulation of the statistics to make it look fundable. But I mean, power really stations wasn't. have moved on since then. So yeah. I acknowledge that power stations have moved on. I don't know how safe nuclear is. Mm. I have concerns about... Well, it's extremely unsafe and, and especially build it's, it on a it's either, uh, it's, either it on it's, a, it's either the safest form of energy we have based on the numbers and based on the amount of catast- ca- yeah. catastrophes that we have but one mistake is enough to make it worse yeah. than yes. any alternative. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So and that's I, the problem I, that we have. I've got a problem of conscience on creating waste that has to be looked after indefinite or for thousands of years because yeah. you're basically handing on a problem to your great-grandchildren great, great mm. mm. and, and they've not signed up for that so I don't know if that's violating their rights or something like yeah. that. It, well, now, is the free it, market a, a powerful enough deity, if you like, to 
to eventually come up with these these yes. more intelligent solutions to yes, deal with and, you know, radiation. You can just send them in a rocket to the yeah. to the sun. sun. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's my that's idea. Yeah. Well, on the, yeah. well, on the short term, fracking is another one that's that's, that's been in the recently been in the the news. I mean, what's what's their view on well, fracking? Scottish government they said that they would support an evidence based fracking policy. Okay. That was that was what they said. They didn't want to do a ban or a moratorium right. or anything like that. They wanted to do an evidence based policy. Which I actually agree with and I respect okay, them for I that. I just wish they would do the same with yeah, GMO. everything else. You know, you know, know. G- GMO has got the moratorium on it, and they don't. They're not seem to be as keen on an evidence based policy for that. You know, so. what should be with, with, with GMO? I don't have one. Okay, I, I, th- right. I don't think we should. Ha- I don't think we should ban it. I think it's. I, I think it's uh, fantastic. All right. Okay. You know, we, should, right. We, we should. totally. We should. Like it saved a lot of lives. We're talking about. Um, what was it? The, the golden the golden a, rice. Okay, but the vitamin A that's stopping people from going blind that they won't let yeah. sell inside yeah. the world. It's, it's yeah. So and I love. I love GMO. I don't think it should be banned at all. I think we should be uh, embracing Scotland's potential. Yeah, uh, you know what? What's that? The particular field called bioengineering or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, we, we, you know, we practically, you know, at one point we practically pioneered everything else. We could be pioneers in the in, in the biotechnology and the bioengineering industry, but we're not anymore because we've got a ban on it. So that's that that creativity right. curtailed. Thanks yeah. very much. Um, but yeah, with fracking, they don't seem as hardline. It's not. It's a. It's a bad thing, as maybe some of the other parties. Okay. What about property rights? I don't want fracking underneath my property. Well, that's the question: is how far down does your property right claim? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Are it. you entitled from your house all the way to the core? Of the <laughs> yeah. That's so, I think Robert Watt proposed this kind of like cone shaped thing or pyramidal shaped yeah. thing. So, like, if you take the the, the width and length or whatever your the area of your property, and then you know, go upwards yeah. in a kind of either call it a cone shape or a pyramid shape up mm-hmm. into a point. Yeah. And then it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and downwards as well. That's basically what you what you get. But in a bit of a diamond shape kind of yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For for me the easiest way to get a solution on fracking is this. Okay, you can frack, but the condition is that if you do any damage at all you need to pay back yep. damage plus fines. Fine with as it. long as it doesn't happen the way with that BP oil spill where the government ended up picking the tab up for cleaning up the BP oil spill and they were fined some number of money but not as much as it cost the government. Oh, they should be feeling responsible they for cleaning that up. They should have had to pay for every yeah. penny. The same goes for fracking. Now, if you make that law, then only people who are confident that their fracking is safe are going to frack and I think yeah, because the, I think the majority of the evidence that comes down for fracking is that it can contaminate water if someone fucks up, yeah. if someone does something wrong or neg- negligence I or something like that. I think there was one case in the entire. I'm not sure, but I think there was one case in the entire history of fracking in, in the United States where that actually happened. Right, right. Uh, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was something yeah. like that. And, and there's a whole bunch of other conspiracy theorists that are setting their lakes on fire and doing all sorts of stuff. Mm. You know, there's a whole lot of misinformation as yeah, well about flames coming out. People's even taps even Bill like Nye, that. you know, the, yeah. the, this is the guy, Bill Nye, the science to, guy, uh, yeah. the science guy who wants to arrest people for not believing in climate change. Uh, yeah. He's a uh, <laughs> He, 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 even he, the, he's totally liberal. He doesn't say that fracking in principle isn't a bad thing. It's just when it's mishandled that it causes an awful lot of problems. I was like, well, great. If that happens, then stop them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you know, I, we, I don't like this whole, you know, 
guilty until proven innocent kind of uh, kind of kind yes. of idea approach to letting people set up a, a a solution to a problem that we have. Because if we want to go a hundred percent alternatives by twenty twenty or whatever it is they're claiming, yeah. then what happens when there's no wind and no sun? We're going to have to burn some fossil fuels. Uh, and even they admit that themselves. I spoke to a, a yeah. member on Twitter, and I says. Um, what happens when we run out of air and uh, we run out of wind and we uh, and and thing and, and he was like, um, all right, we we burn stuff. That's the point when we burn stuff. I was like, great, I agree with you. What do we burn and where do we get it? Yeah, um, yeah, fracking. We need to we need to frack. If that's if that's the solution that we want to go down, then yeah. fracking's the fracking's what we're going to have to do. And as the amount of fossil fuels runs out, if they are, if peak oil happens. The price of acquiring fossil fuels will go up, yep. promoting innovation and in su- sustainable energy. So I would just like to say that I think the common denominator in all our free market solutions to environmental problems is that a better, more comprehensive and more cohesive system of property rights and yeah. appropriate responsibility for externalities would solve all our environmental problems. At the moment, we've got this system of, you know how the left talk about privatising profits and and socialising costs. Well, right now, we are privatising the gains of being able to buy commodities, but we're socialising the costs. And that is creating waste. If you will give people free waste disposal, they will consume more of it, just as surely as if you give them free ice cream. Yeah. They'll consume more ice and cream and free healthcare. You yeah. know, I've I've often said that healthcare. if so, I've often said that if somebody you know if if it was going to cost somebody a couple of hundred quid to go and get their black eye fixed every Friday, maybe they'd get less black eyes. Yeah. Um. You know, I I think that that would that, that would definitely come into it. Um. I remember as well. It was like some. I was watching. Um. I was watching the behind the scenes of Jackass. Was mm. Steve O talking? And Steve O, he's been in a whole lot of stunts for the entirety of the show, but. He's always been, he, he revealed this to me and I was completely surprised in the first two, um, the first two films that they did for Jackass. He yeah. said that I, there was just stuff that I wouldn't do because I knew it wouldn't get on the show and B, I couldn't afford the healthcare if it went wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Jackass 3, they, they offered to pay for his healthcare and he was like, the gloves are off. You right, can do okay. anything you want to me as long as there's a camera pointed at the, camera pointed at me and I'm still alive so you know I I think that kind of level of it again what what incentive is another word that's come up I think I I read something similar I think it could have been Freakonomics where they said you know that if you if you look at uh, gang violence in in places like Los Angeles and New York and you look at places like Nairobi now things flare up in Nairobi quite a lot but you've you've got just as much poverty you've got just as much uh, unemployment you get just as much uh, like gangs running about, but there's actually less fatalities because, and there's just as many weapons, but it's like, if I get shot, I will probably die because there's no healthcare, right? You know? Whereas in New York and yeah. Los Angeles, you know, look, if I get shot, if I get stabbed, it's pretty good healthcare. Even, you know, at the, at the city hospitals, you know, the people, they're good with, because of the Iraq war and Afghanistan war, they're good at dealing with, with trauma, a lot more people survive. So there's this kind of arrogance there that I'll be taken care of, the ambulance will come and get me, whereas in places like Nairobi, they're like, no, let's not get into a ruck because we could end up dying, you know? Yeah. But um, just to wind up, I think, uh, could we maybe touch on agriculture? Uh, Do you want to have a crack, Kaz? 
Well, agriculture is one thing that really kind of struck me as this kind of enigma within the within the you know talking about and um, you know being being an ex Green member mm. um, and a, and being an ex environment or being an ex mentalist, <laughs> and it's. Um, it was all thing about you know it's organic this and gluten free this and you know all these kind of kind of fashionable terms um, that a lot of people have adopted whether or not they need them. Yeah, um, fair trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and this kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, I, you know you you I, I'm aware of. I've not read anything specific that um, uh, that you've that you've written, Anthony. But I, I know that you're aware of. Uh, I think it was you that that pioneered the policy in a, man, in a recent manifesto about the environmental damage that agriculture actually does itself, and mm. you know some organic, if you like, pursuits are actually cause more environmental damage than 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 is uh, than yeah. than you would think. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So. So, a massive damage to the environment is the subsidies to farmers. Uh, I've talked about the common agricultural policy that Mm. the European Union, before it was called the European Union, instituted. Or the civilised world, as Patrick. (laughs) The civilised world. Where they promised... Leave Africans and thingies to die. Yeah. Yeah. They guaranteed that they would buy all produce grown in Europe. Now, to the Green Party's credit, they were the ones coming out saying, do not do this, it's going to be an environmental disaster, back when the Green Party weren't a bunch of status shells. (laughs) Now, they did go ahead for a couple of years, and there was these wine lakes and piles of grain that were completely unsold. Uh, Just far too much. People pulled up hedgerows, they destroyed wetlands, they destroyed lowland heath to grow as much food as possible because all of it would find a price. Mm-hmm. And they stopped, yeah. they, they had to stop that after because they, it was just a disaster. Worse still, they dropped, dumped all that food on Africa. What are we going to do with this food? We'll just send it to Africa. Now, now you might think that's a compassionate thing to do. It wasn't. It put all the farmers in Africa out of business and destroyed their local economy. So they killed them with kindness. Sorry to make another pun, but it's, it's really sad. Now, I think I mentioned this before in the show, but a kilogram of beef takes seven kilograms of grain to produce. So why isn't beef seven times as expensive as grain? Mm -hmm. It's because most of the subsidies go to meat and dairy farmers. So they're making it cheap. It's bad for people's health to eat as much meat as they do in Western countries. And if you look at the stats, if you're really an environmentalist in the present system, you better fucking be a vegetarian because you see... You could save 1,300 gallons of water by not flushing your toilet for six months or not taking a shower for three months or you could just not eat one burger. Um, So when we look at what the meat industry is actually doing in terms of 23% of global fresh water supplies are used to grow live and feed livestock. We've got 33% of uh, arable land devoted to livestock feed while there are people starving in the world. For uh, An estimated 14.5% of global greenhouse gas emissions are produced by livestock. Now I'm not saying that, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a meat eater, I'm not admonishing you and sure, saying yeah. that you shouldn't eat meat. What I'm saying is the state creates massive incentives for people to eat way more meat 
than they would, they would in otherwise, a free market. Yeah. Well, it must be about one seventy-four to go and get yeah. a half a pound of mince from Lidl. Like that's right. not a lot of money at all, no. um, you know. And as a result, we have a shitload of bolognese. That's a perfectly reasonable assumption to make because yeah. that's yeah. it's it's an assertion more than yeah, assumption. So, and if you yeah. look at the fruit, you know, it's become more and more expensive to get the things that are actually mm-hmm. good for your health, yeah. like fruits and vegetables, while biscuits and chocolates have gone mm. down compared to inflation. Yeah. How much of arable land, do we have any idea, just quickly, um, is devoted to so-called biofuels? I think it's something like 4%. Right, I read... Not... No, sorry, that's wrong. It's about 4% of the energy was coming from biofuels. Biofuels are a complete environmental fuck-up. Yeah. They take up so much land for just a bit of virtual signaling so people can feel good about themselves. Yeah, that seemed to be the, the, the main motivation so, for a lot of these things. Yeah. It's been so bad for the environment. You know, I'm meaning to write a book on free market environmentalism. Cool. I think I'm going yeah. to call it the free market hippie. Yeah. I mean, nice. sugar beet prote- <laughs> in particular is pretty... Uh, I mean, that, that you cannot grow anything on fucking land where sugar beet's been growing for fucking years because it takes right. so much out of this out of the soil you know it does produce a lot of ethanol but um, yeah, we've got a lot of these solutions I mean a lot of these these solutions could be could be solved by GMO <laughs> you know right. it's like we've got you know pesticides this is one thing oh what about yeah, the pesticides it's like well GMO you use less, less pesticides, pesticides. Less, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it's something like must be millions hundreds of millions of yeah. litres less pesticides and herbicides yeah are being put into the soil because of GMO. Now, I was a total GMO skeptic and things like sure. that. I didn't, I didn't want that. So was I. I yeah, yeah, but yeah. but then when the more I read the evidence, the more I saw that there wasn't actually any evidence that it was bad. Now, of course, you've got terrible companies like Monsanto mm-hmm. who are in bed with the government doing all sorts of horrible things. Yeah, Terminator yeah. gene, yeah, yeah, example. Or the it was it was the um, the the monarch butterfly. And they were t- they were right. talking about. I, I think there were some. The, the, one of the main arguments for me was against GMO was the was the, the species of butterfly that was getting wiped out by um, these these GMO products. And I, I, when you looked further into it, it was like, well, it was there, there was could have been a hundred different reasons why that yeah, Monsanto okay. butterfly is no longer populating this particular right. part of the thing. Right. But they were talking about you know you know Gulf you know like wind streams and everything like that and pollination yeah. and it's all very complicated from bio, biological yeah. basically. Our, our ecosystem is very delicate. Don't touch it. That's yeah. the argument that they're well, putting forward. Monsanto yeah. patent seeds, which is actually on not meant to be illegal. You're not meant to be able to patent a life form. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, they've done all sorts of corporate... Are uh, Monsanto as evil as the Greens would give, would, would give I'm us I'm not sure believe. if they're, they're... I think they're pretty bad. They're a bad company. They're a bad company. Yeah. Uh, they've been in collusion with the government... Well, there you go. <laughs> it's the government angle that makes them so dangerous. Yes, yeah. it's the fact that they've, they they've got the connect. They've got monopolistic connections in government, which means that they can get special privileges that other agricultural companies can, and enables them to act the yeah. I mean, yeah. they got aspartame onto the market. You know, with government collusion, it didn't we, go through the normal stringent FSA. We we of, we, ju- we touched on a. Uh, 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 you got it said we called it aspartamine. I don't know what it's called. Aspartamine, aspartamine. Aspartamine. It's got it's got some other name. It's like for yeah. some yeah. Latin name. But we, t- we, t- we touched on that briefly. So it's a sweetener. 
It's a sweetener, um, yeah. It's a sweetener made, uh, I think Monsanto were instrumental in creating it. It's a cheap, very cheap sweetener. It's in everything. Um, now, I don't have any direct evidence that it's bad for you. Um, mm. There are a lot of people who we'll claim see, yeah, that, yeah, that, it, that it is and it can cause cancer, growth and stuff like that. Uh, and it's, it's, they can say that it's certainly worse for you than the sugar that it replaces. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot other safer solutions that they can use, but it's just not uh, as cheap as, as right. that. Right. And, and one was illegal. Sorry? Stevia. Um, stevia is a plant that grows sweet. Now you start seeing things like Coke Life have come out with a little bit of stevia and a bit yeah, of yeah. sugar. But you know, for decades it was le- it was illegal and the only the only company that was actually licensed to use it, Stevia, was like Pepsi. It's on Wikipedia. It's right. like there was this corporate crony thing where you were you weren't allowed to use this plant, but you were allowed to use aspartame and all these other artificial sweeteners, yeah. which there's evidence that are bad for you. Yeah. Go on with what you were saying. No, just so, so they, they managed to get aspartame onto the market. It did not go through the, the, the stringent tests that normally any new product has to go. And it's a it's a chemical. And it's basically a chemical and cheap and it's and it's not just in sugar free drinks, it's in Sauces, it's like anywhere, anything yeah. that they require Red. a cheap speed. Yeah. yeah, it could be in there as well, yep. for all we know. Yeah. Uh, I certainly try and avoid it, um, because I don't really need it. You know, what's, 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 the, what's the point? You know, if I can find a, a, an alternative product that doesn't have it in it, I, I don't use it. But I'm, I'm sure Monsanto, I think it was, I forget, I'm not 100% this, I think it was actually a derivative of Agent Orange. I think right. <laughs> Monsanto were involved in making uh, Agent Orange. And, fact and, and, check it, people. Yeah, yeah, fact check that. But I think it actually came out, it was one that was a byproduct of making chemical weapons for Vietnam that nice. they discovered this thing that they're putting in kiddies' drinks and saying it's lots of... I, I mean, I don't know. I don't have any hard evidence that it's bad for you, but it sounds like it's best... There, there is a there is a, stri- a strong conspiracy theory anyway around around a, a sporting and how bad it is. We touched it briefly. I was on another podcast a couple of, a week or so ago and it's a very lefty podcast and we were, but we touched on conspiracy theories and that was one of the ones that we were talking about and I was like, I don't actually know anything about this. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm actually really irresponsible when it comes to what I eat. I don't, okay. I don't eat very much, but when I do eat, I just eat what I like and, you know, yeah. I just kind of get okay. on with it. And I used to be a chef as well, so I know how to make things taste yeah. nice. Uh, and that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm generally, generally pretty good. Um, well, I, probably the going to get you before the burgers. And yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, we're coming on a hundred minutes or so. Wow, pretty so good. So this is probably the most epic podcast that we've done so far. Yeah. Do you want to? I'm sure Anthony will be able to edit it down. <laughs> <about> Ninety-eight. <laughs> yeah. Ninety-seven and a half. You can have fun, Tama. Uh, I think I think it's good to go as it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything more to say on free market environment? Um, not not really. I think we've pretty much covered everything I wanted to talk about. Um. Capitalism is awesome, and thanks for having me on, and it was uh, really good fun. Can I just just leave everybody with this thought? You know, I mean, I don't know how you feel about Ryanair's boss, Michael O'Leary. Like, I think he's about a cunt. But anyway, Ryanair boss Michael O'Leary has said that the Irish government should write to the EU telling it to fuck off after Brussels condemned Ireland over its tax deal with Apple. <laughs> yeah, just for that, the guy's got my, my, my whatever he is, you know, my vote, whatever. The Irishman said it was a fundamental principle of the EU that each country has autonomy over its tax decisions. His comments came after the tech giant was ordered to pay 11 billion 
and unpaid tax. So yeah, I, I don't think they should confine it to the tax thing. I just think the Irish should tell the EU to fuck off. Yeah. You know, but there you go. Along with everyone else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and with that, be, be a libertarian. Be a libertarian. Don't be a lefty. Don't be a right. Thanks very much, guys. So this is my sound check at normal voice and my really passionate voice. Yeah, well, I'll do the fucking passionate voice fucking first. And then I'll do my more reasoned, calculated voice. I think I'll go for my really passioned voice first because I kind of go up in the octaves a little bit. Okay, so, right. but yeah, I, I tend to, I so tend to quiet down sometimes. You fucking will, will you? Right. Yeah.